Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, hi there, Internet. I've got Colton here joining me, your host, Jordan, on the Out of Spec podcast. Welcome back to another episode. And Colton is one of our friends colleagues who runs out of spec detail and also his own detail shop um and he seems to just know a lot about detailing cars how to take care of cars and i'm hoping to do a number of episodes with him through the future because i think that's a fascinating topic that not many people know everything about there's a lot to know and i was kind of blown away by your shop which for our video listeners is kind of in the background you can see a model 3 and a gmc and cool lights <laughs> behind you um but welcome colton welcome to the show and maybe give us a really quick rundown on your shop before we jump into our topic today which is paint sure yeah so this is my shop uh located in windsor colorado and um i detail full time out of here this is my main kind of focus and uh, job essentially, definitely starting to do some YouTube stuff on the side, which is really, really exciting. Um, this is a one man operation. So I run everything, essentially run the back end of the business, do laundry, clean the floors, as well as most importantly, detail the cars. That's amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah. really, really respect the one man team hustle. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and what's your detailing shop called? What do you call yourself? I mean, so my business is Clear Detailing. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I know it's you probably have a lot of bookings. I mean, you do great work, which I guess word gets around. Um, but yeah. when I saw your shop was when the plaid was in it, and you were kind of getting you you had already kind of gone through with a fine tooth comb at that point, mm-hmm. and I was fascinated to hear you talk a lot about paint. As someone who details cars, you interact with a lot of paint, different manufacturers, and different qualities. So let's start there. 
Um, tell me a little bit about what you think are the best and worst in general. I know it can really vary, but in general, mm-hmm. which manufacturers are known for like really good paint and which ones are abysmal? Sure. Well, I think first off, let's start with Kyle's plaid because to be perfectly <laughs> honest, that was like one of the trickiest details I've ever done. Um, that car was just super soft. So I was dealing with a lot of residue control as we call it. So lots of paint quickly coming off because it was so, so soft. Um, I think that may have had to do a little bit with how fresh the car was. Um, I'm not necessarily sure it was fully, fully cured paint, but it was like to the point of being, it was soft as butter as I kept telling Kyle it was. <laughs> um, now in general, I've worked on quite a few Teslas now. Um, obviously my personal model three back here really haven't had many issues with them. Um, and actually just right behind me here, I've got a model Y performance did a video on that. Very, very impressed how that car came out. Um, I would say kind of Tesla's maybe in the middle. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily horrible. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily great. Um, I would definitely say top of my list as always is Porsche. Um, they just make like the highest quality product in my opinion for, you know, as many cars as they produce got to work with, you know, quite a few GT cars and, um, pretty much their whole kind of lineup from Porsche and their paint in general is just like amazing to work with. Um, now there are some caveats there. One being (laughs) Porsche black, um, very Mm. similar to Kyle's model S plaid that it's a non-metallic black. You're just dealing with the softest, softest paint ever. And it's just like, sometimes you have to get to the point where you're polishing it with water. Um, like little to no polish on the pad at all. It's just a super tricky um, kind of paint to deal with in general. But I, I feel for the most part, definitely Porsche's stuff is kind of really, really easy to deal with um, besides that kind of one caveat that I've dealt with. Interesting. So I guess a couple questions based on that. Um, in general, is the color black just a harder paint to work with? And why is that? Well, there's a few things that go into that. So um, I would say typically one of the harder paints to work with um, is non-metallic black. So when we talk black, we have very, very heavily metallic black, um, as well as just like completely like look, grab into the paint type black where there's Mm -hmm. no metallic. It doesn't hide anything. I typically find that metallic paints actually hide quite a bit. Um, So for example, um audi's got like uh, i believe it's mythos black that they make and it's got a ton of sparkle in it and it's in some cases harder to see scratches i mean they definitely still scratch but um those are really really a lot easier than even their brilliant black audi makes the same kind of similar paint to um, porsche but they call it brilliant black other than just black but those can be Yeah, awfully tricky to deal with. The other thing that happens with black is when the vehicles sit outside, there's a lot of absorption of heat. I mean, just kind of in general, um, they really, really heat up. I I did this test one time. um, I think it was on a car that was like 80 degrees ambient temp, and you put a a thermometer on the paint, essentially. I think it was like 170 degrees or something like that, like just (laughs) insane. Wow. you know how hot it is you can barely put your hand on there for an extended period of time so you know that kind of goes in considering um you know types of products to work with on paint and especially when you get a lot of rain on a vehicle and it sits there Colorado's notorious for that right like if you don't like the weather wait five minutes it can be a downpour <laughs> and then sunny so you know something to consider there and 
definitely black cars are always just a pain in the butt to keep clean. They show everything. Um, that's why you see my over here, my white model three for a detailer, <laughs> just like the best way to go in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it was a stark contrast for me. I, I currently have a white Miata with some black panel, like the roof's black. Um, but I came from a, they called it Highland green. I mean, it's about as dark green as you can get without being black. And it was amazing how much stuff showed, but it was very metallic too, which did help hide some of that. But after seeing Kyle's plaid up close and personal, and I was, I was mesmerized by how good you got it based compared to what it was before. And that's, that's crazy to think about like how, like how it is to work with that really soft kind of buttery paint. Um, So in the, in the case of like, Porsche or some of the better paints or you said like Lamborghini has pretty good paint too in general. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, from what I've seen, Lamborghini does a lot of, um, kind of after the fact painting stuff. So they do quite a bit of wet sanding on the cars. Um, just in general on the few that I've worked on, they are pretty flat, if you will. So don't have a ton Mm -hmm. of orange peel and, that's good and bad, right? Because typically what happens is these cars come in and they've wet sanded them at the factory and there's wet sanding marks left all over it. So like I had a brand new uh, Lamborghini Huracan Evo rear wheel drive one in uh, Arancio Borealis and it was like a 35 hour paint correction and polish on a brand new car. (laughs) It was just like mind blowing. The color is stunning and everything, but when you really dive deep into it, there's pigtails everywhere, sanding marks. um, Yeah, just tons and tons of stuff. Wow. So yeah, if you receive a car that's brand new, what would you consider is a like, what's a really fast detail? Like how many hours is it to be like, wow, this is, this was so good from the factory that I had to do very little to it. Yeah, um, actually right behind me here, the Model Y Performance, very, very impressed with this car, how it came in. Um, that was a Fremont built car and little to no, I actually didn't find a single sanding mark on the whole car. Now, plastic bits like the taillights and stuff were a little bit hazier as always, just something we've, you know, deal with quite often. Um, I think that was probably close to right around a 30 hour detail, but it was you know, we're doing all the ceramic coatings, pulling the wheels off, coating inside and out, cleaning mm-hmm. suspension out. Like these are really full in-depth details. Typically what I do here, I don't do a ton of like bring the car in quickly shampoo carpets and stuff like that. More like the extended multiple yeah. day details going like super, super intricate in depth. Nice. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I guess back to the quality paint when, when you're working with high quality paint, what does that actual process look like? I know you said with the the really rough paint, it's almost like water polish more than anything. But with the really high quality paint, how do you address things? Because even the highest quality paint can have defects. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, funny enough, in that Huracan that I had, um, had a piece of hair stuck underneath the clear coat. And, you know, <laughs> I, I found it and was like, well, that's kind of crazy to see. Um, you know, they, it really varies car per car. And my kind of thought process through detailing that I always like to say is every car has a story. So, hmm. um, you know, when they come in, you don't know the whole backstory. Where was the car produced? How long did it sit at the port? That's a big thing nowadays, um, especially working on a lot of German and Italian vehicles is they'll come in and we have no truck drivers. So they sit down at like a Houston port forever and get rained on. They get 
you know, acid water spotting on them. It's just kind of a mess. So I always get that kind of call of, you know, no matter what the car is, they always need some sort of work. I was actually just in um, California a couple months ago detailing a brand new Ferrari F8 Spider, and that car had more sanding marks and work on it than I've ever seen on pretty much any car. Like it was just the whole car had been worked on. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny, but you definitely, when these new cars come in, there's so much work to do. So I just take them on a case by case basis. And that's kind of, I think important. Um, you know, you're not wanting to throw all the compound at a car that doesn't need it. Um, but you also, I'm trying to get these to a really, really high level. Now I would say there's some differences, um, when you start working on vehicles like Lamborghinis and stuff that, um, they're very, very intricate. So we have to shrink down our tools, um, going to like a Rupes hybrid, going down to like a one inch pad in certain areas compared to, you know, like Tesla's in general are very easy. You can use big pads on them and there's not, they're not super intricate. Um, so there's a lot of variance between these cars and it's, you know, they're priced accordingly too with my details, um, and just going through as much as possible. So yeah it's really good to have that mindset i'm sure it's hard for someone to call you and be like hey how much would you charge to do this and you're like well what is the story because <laughs> yeah. it's not not probably not common or ever a thing to get the car from under the factory roof to under your roof without being exposed to the elements because yeah. the elements are everywhere <laughs> exactly and so i actually got my start with um in the detailing business with audi and porsche store here in port collins um the ed carroll and we would see a lot of cars come in and they would have these huge white bags on them. So they would mm. come into Houston port and be basically either train transported, um, sometimes on the back of a truck and the, these white bags they would put on these cars would sit there and flap in the wind because they would put them on a open carrier and yeah. you get to the, they get to the dealership and there's like paint missing in some areas or just completely like dull <laughs> in areas. So that's really how I got started in this business. But um, yeah, I've seen some crazy, crazy stuff on brand new vehicles. It's really kind of interesting. And then obviously when you get to used cars with how crazy the market is now, seeing a lot of cars being painted that don't have that on the Carfax. Mm. Um, I had one instance, a very good client of mine bought a brand new five series clean Carfax stuck a paint meter on it, the entire side of the car had been repainted without his knowledge. And it was like, oh boy, so this thing's been in a wreck and not, you know, gone through properly. So it's it's really important to have those tools as kind of an insurance policy for me as well. Um, yeah. To make sure I'm not going through paint or doing anything like that. Yeah, so follow-up question on that. But first, I actually want to circle back to... Um, the the irony of the cars being protected on carriers and stuff yeah. to arriving to then realizing the protection itself caused problems. What yeah. are some of the measures that you've seen besides, I, I guess most of the time I do see the white covers on cars. Mm -hmm. um, is that ever actually useful or is it like always going to cause some other issue? I guess it's really like picking your battles because if you don't have it covered, you risk rocks or things flying up to hit it. But then if you sure. do have it covered, the cover itself can hurt it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you see a lot of difference um, between how all the manufacturers do it. Um, I know Porsche does quite a bit of this kind of white. It's almost like a, a vinyl wrap on it, but they'll put it on like the high impact areas. So what happens a lot of times is, you know, you have 
truck drivers getting in and out of these vehicles to move them on and off the trailer. Um, there's always issues there of them rubbing up against doors and stuff like that. What I've seen um, Audi do is because, you know, we got to the point where we were doing like nearly every car coming in because it was getting mm -hmm. so bad um, is they started shipping cars and closed transport with the bags on them, which helped substantially. So they were yeah, cutting yeah. down costs essentially by not having someone like myself, um, you know, go in and fix those issues because it can be very costly to do that on every single car and also time, right? I mean, you know, as we know with everybody, you get excited for a new car to come in and you don't want it to come in, go through PDI. And then you're like, oh, we have a lot more work to do. And it's just, it kind of makes a mess of it. So they've, <laughs> they've done some steps to fix that. I know just with Audi in general, because I was kind of um, in the trenches, if you will, with that. But other manufacturers, I've kind of seen a, a varying degree. I know Kyle's Plaid was a perfect example. Um, that's really my preferred way to do it. He ordered the car, says, please don't wash it, brought it straight to me. We did our stuff with it. And that's really the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then like with the, the five series you were mentioning was how do you know? I mean, I guess some people can kind of tell by looking at it, but if it's really well done repaint, how do you know it was repainted? Is that from typically, measuring it? Yeah, typically you'll see a huge variance in, um, in like side to side. So you take, say, the driver's side quarter panel, if it's five mils, and then you go to 10 mils on the other side and start doing measurements, you go, oh, something's weird here. And always, typically, um, unless you're dealing with like the highest end body shop out there, you're going to find paint runs. You're going to find like crazy dust nibs, fish eyes, just some really weird stuff that goes on. Um, just in general, my kind of, thoughts are body shops don't typically polish paint out to the mm -hmm. level that I can either. Now there's obviously exceptions to that rule. Um, but this car in particular, this five series came in and I noticed like rotary marks, like crazy, like we call them the detailer signature, right? You just see these crazy holograms everywhere. And it was only on one side. And I was like, that's really weird. Stuck a paint meter on it. <laughs> and it was like, completely different i think it was like four mils on one side and like 15 on the other i think it was on this car it was just all over the place so wow yeah and the the mills like what as far as measurement like how thick is that actually is that mill or something it's so <laughs> thin um <Okay>. like <laughs> typically i believe right around five mils is the thickness of a sheet of printer paper so wow, if you think okay. about that that is including your um what that measures is between the metal and the top of where the meter is actually reading. So in between there, you have primer, you have color mm -hmm. coat, typically multiple color coats, and then clear coat. So you're reading the thickness of that. And if it's a sheet of paper, you can really understand how thin that is. I mean, it gets to the point of being extremely, extremely scary. And we just had the Lucid in here, um, Lucid Air Touring in here, and I was planning on doing a full detail on it, stuck a paint meter on there. There was like three mils in areas. So I just, I got wow. to the point where I can't polish it. Um, you know, even touching a buffer on there was just too high of a risk to actually go through the clear coat, you know. And then at that point, you're kind of like repainting, 
pieces and if they don't match then you start painting other panels it's just kind of a disaster <laughs> so i uh unfortunately had to just kind of back out of that one and um my opinion protect the the client just as much as myself but yeah. you know i i always having those tools are super super important for me to anytime you're touching paint with a buffer you're removing it so you mm -hmm. only have a limited amount of paint exactly if you're doing a, a sheet of paper you can really understand how thin this stuff is yeah so i guess what's the thickest paint you've really seen on average like how thick are we talking well it's kind of funny that you say that i just had a um a 70 CUDA in here and stuck a paint meter on it. And it was 70 mils in an area, which <laughs> means what that typically means is it's got a ton of mud underneath it. So they've done a ton of body work because oh. you're reading the variance between that metal and the, the tip mm -hmm. of the um, actual meter there. But I would say like on average, Porsche can get up there quite a bit um, between like the 12 to 15 mils on some cars. Um, I think the Huracan that I had in here was right around that 10 to 12, which I really like to see that typically gives us a ton of room to work with car. And you can tell that they've already sanded that down quite a bit. I mean, there's not a ton of texture in that paint, so it's still something to keep in the back of your head, but there's always a chance of going through paint. And that's really, you know, obviously when you're detailing cars like I do in high end vehicles, you have to carry quite a bit of business insurance and understand the risks as to every time that you're touching a car. Yeah. Yeah, that really makes sense. Well, it's, it's great to get your input and feedback as someone who's, I'd say, professional in the area and works with a lot of paint. Um, yeah. I guess I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts, but also just like if you could really abruptly say, how do you take care of paint? Like someone buys a car, what is the step to really take care of that paint? The biggest step is to um, get your wash process as good as possible. Um, you know, brush car washes are just the worst things ever for cars. I mean, it, if you think about what they are, it, you take an oil field truck, we get a lot of those out here in Colorado that just go full mud for like six months and it gets to the point where the companies are like, you gotta wash this thing. And they take it through right before your car, pick up all this dirt. Now you're just scrubbing it in this huge, you know, like, yep. yeah, it, it, not, not a good situation. <laughs> um, we'll have some videos. I wanna do a full wash series on the Out of Spec Detailing channel on like, proper maintenance, but just in general, like a good two to three bucket method. Um, I say three for wheels. Um, you have one dedicated wheel bucket and then two for the, the paint and just getting the crud knocked off of it, especially in Colorado here, they use a lot of salt brine. They actually change to that um, from mag chloride. And you'll notice the streets get this like really, really white um, appearance to them in the wintertime. And that mm -hmm. typically is this salt brine stuff and it is absolutely nasty. So it's important to kind of every week or so, especially in winter, blast the stuff off. Um, I, I typically like when it rains pretty much any time, I just rinse the car off. Um, a big thing too, is having protection on vehicles. Um, whether that be PPF or ceramic coatings, I'm a huge believer in ceramic coatings. They just make life way, way easier. There's a lot of marketing hype out there. So just be obviously careful of which ones you use, but yeah. Nice. Well, I really appreciate you again, sharing all your insight and expertise and looking forward to having more conversations around this area because there's a lot to know and obviously a lot I don't know, but I'm very curious about. 
And yeah. um, for all the audience out there, leave your comments um, and down below and check out out of spec detailing channel, of course. And Colton can be also found at clear detailing his own company that he's grown and has the coolest shop ever with like Lego <laughs> cars and car posters. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a place I would just hang out all day. So yeah, I tend to do that quite a bit. It, it's super <laughs> fun. I'm just a car guy in general. So I just love talking cars and all things car care in general. It's just super fun. That's fantastic. Well, thanks again, Colton, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you in the next one very soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.